Bible says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. And the Bible and the Christian worldview has a lot to say about what we call the life of the mind. In other words, education. So with that, we welcome you to this edition of the program. Uh, Alex McFarland here on the American Family Radio Network. So glad you're with us. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about education, and I'm, I'm just going to be blunt. Um, some of the content that we're going to share on this edition of the program uh, will involve some, some things I probably would never have said maybe 20 years ago. But part of what I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and then I want to uh, bring up a, a guest. Part of what is wrong with our country, and I, by that I, I'm talking about culturally, uh, morally, spiritually, uh, really the lack of patriotism and just this uh, disregard for preserving America. A lot of people, left and right, Christian and secular, a lot of people are saying that that part of what has brought us to this point of, of a national crisis, really, has uh, been laid at the feet of what our colleges have been teaching now for several decades. So I'm going to throw the question out, do you need a college education to succeed in life? Here's a second part of that question, a corollary. As a Christian, uh, if you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus— and you know that all of life is a stewardship issue. Our time, our abilities, uh, the person we become. For the Christian, life is a, a stewardship proposition. Uh, is college, American secular higher education, is college actually an impediment to being a fully orbed steward of your life and soul and psyche and mind? Uh I believe in education. I'm sure you know that. I've given the majority of my adult life to teaching. Uh, Christian schools, secular schools, colleges, master's programs. Uh, my mother was a public school teacher for 28 years. My sister was a high school science teacher. My sister-in-law is a, uh, a special needs teacher for 25 years. My brother-in-law, Angie's brother, is a uh, part of the administration of one of North Carolina's uh, largest school systems. It's We didn't really set out to do this, but it seems like our family in one way or another has been involved in education. And yet in the context of this show here on the American Family Radio Network this morning, I want to at least implant the germ of an idea that part of what's wrong, not only with our country, but with our churches, is due to what's being taught in American universities. Well, I want to bring in somebody to talk about this with me, uh, a brother named Bruce Goodmanson. He, he's an author, and he and I had a conversation earlier this morning talking about success without college. And a lot of what he is saying is now being said, too, by some uh, influential voices in the world. But let's just talk about this, how necessary, how beneficial, and how potentially detrimental is American higher education. Uh, Mr. Goodmanson, thank you for holding. Welcome to AFR, and I bid you good morning. Good morning, Alex. Thank you. And it's just Bruce. Just call me Bruce. But Alex, well, I, 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 I fell in love with the subject a, a number of years ago. I did some research on our student debt, and I saw how it was killing our, our kids. 
Um, we now have 44 million kids in debt with an average debt of 37500 And I saw, I tried to find out what it was they got for that kind of debt, and it really wasn't anything. So my, my task with the book, 100% Success Without College, was to destroy the myth that college was the only road to success or to the American dream. And so I want to begin by destroying the myth by first saying that college is of no value, no value to 85% of our nation's workforce. Again, Mm -hmm. college is of no value to 85% of our nation's workforce. Let that sink in for a moment. Even more, out of 100 students who are accepted into college, 50 of them are going to drop out. In fact, we now lead the world in college dropouts. And of the remaining 50 students who do graduate, 30 of them will end up in jobs that could have gotten straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. And note this, the typical university offers roughly 85 majors. That's it, just 85 careers to choose from. Yet there are thousands upon thousands of wonderful, fruitful careers for the taking. So it's no wonder why the majority of college students who are are undeclared when they arrive on campus. I mean, they see nothing that catches their eye or anything that strikes at their heart. So they kind of go into this limbo for two years until they are required to declare a major just before the start of their junior year. So really, at best, college is a value for maybe, maybe 15% of our nation's workforce. And And, for the most part, oh, go ahead. Well, and and so many, not that there's anything wrong with this, but I I mean, I've counseled literally thousands of students over the last 30 years. I wrote one book called Stand Strong in College, and I've written several others, well, a total of 18 books, some of which are on parenting, but many of which were aimed at young people and college students. And so many college students, like you say, there's this catharsis. There are 85 majors. Um, even some like small private schools will have like 55 majors. And, and parenthetically, let me say this. Could, you know, can a small private school of 900 students that really is not flush with cash, can they adequately uh, deliver excellence in 55 areas? But anyway, so kids are pressured. You've got to declare a major. They they really don't know what they want to do, even Christian kids, because they've never really been faced with the the rich, robust, fully orbed Christian worldview and teaching about who they are. So they declare a business major. Not that, not that exactly. there's anything wrong with business, because so much of life is business, but it's either like internet marketing or business. And then you're correct. And Bruce, I would I would submit. Um, I don't care whether it's you know art, literature, music, the sciences, government, business, whatever. You can't distinguish yourself really without passion. And kids don't have something to be passionate about oftentimes because they've really not been taught who they are in Christ and how they are specifically put here for a purpose. Now, I I really do think, you know, based on the philosophy of the militant secularist John Dewey, John Dewey wanted colleges that crank out compliant little worker bees who were largely uninformed and who were just expended till they drop. 
Well, you're, you're right on that note, Alex. Matter of fact, 36% of students will not demonstrate any, any significant improvement in learning or in skills over four years of college. I mean, you've got to understand, this means that a third of our college graduates will be no better off, no better prepared, or better skilled than the day when they stepped on campus as a freshman. They aren't learning much. They, they, matter of fact, if you look at the college courses that are offered by professors in the hundreds, and, and, and they're just nonsense. Here's a couple of titles, for example. American Degenerates. These are, these are courses taken by, by college students. American Degenerates, Alien Sex, Lady Gaga, The Science of Superheroes, What If Harry Potter is Real, How to Watch Television, Mail Order Brides, Getting Dressed. I mean, even, even whiteness, the other side of racism. And on that note, there's a state college now that is offering a bachelor's of arts degree in anti-racist studies. This is, this is unbelievable. So Yeah, right and, now, and you've got to understand, Bruce, forgive me for interrupting. Folks, you've got to understand, um, and you know, I've, I've been in Christian higher education. I've, I've worked for, I was president of a small Christian college. Um, I have been adjunct faculty at about half dozen colleges, and I have spoken at about 200 American colleges, about 60% of which were secular colleges. I've, I've talked to so many professors. And look, I, I believe in education, at least to the degree like William J. Bennett said in the Book of Virtues, that the purpose of true education is to expand your mind and save your soul. But here's the thing, Bruce, I want you to comment if you would. The creation of all these nonsensical courses, like, you know, courses uh, uh, about, uh, you know, whiteness and Lady Gaga and the degeneracy of America, you've got to understand, you know, okay, fast food sells hamburgers, you know, the auto manufacturers sell cars. Colleges fundamentally sell courses. If you think college, college exists to serve God and country, and to bless and enhance the life of your young person, you're wrong. That's not College is absolutely a business. Now, b- behind the lofty rhetoric and the, the semi-pseudo-sacred tones about the halls of education, you know, uh, department stores sell clothing. Colleges sell courses. And then they pad the status sheets with these nonsensical courses that are taught by PhDs who hate God and America. And they love, I, I, I've interviewed Bruce, I've interviewed professors, and that they'll say things like this, and this is academic jargon to be very condescending. They'll say, well, a student comes here with a, a monolithic perspective, and my job as an educator <laughs> is to get them to question everything. Bruce, I've, I've said... I've had professors say to me, they'll say, my job is to get that student to leave this at the end of the semester to always question everything. And I'll say, well, should they question the presupposition that they should always question everything? But when, when a professor says, you know, they come here with a monolithic perspective, that, that means your silly little traditional values, mom and dad. And uh, I'll say this, I'm going to throw it back to you, Bruce, but I had a, a parent a very godly, very successful entrepreneur, very wealthy roofer, 
who did not have a college education, and he had built a multi-million dollar roofing business through prayers, hard work, and excellence. Uh, But he said to me, with tears in his eyes, he said, I paid NC State $100,000 and four years to disconvert my son. Now, am I right that these, these way out, useless, nonsensical courses, they're just product to sell to unsuspecting consumers, which are moms, dads, and high school graduates. Am I right? You're, you're so right, Alex. The, the, the whole premise of the, uh, of, for example, each, each department has a counselor, and that counselor is his, his or her duty is to ensure that they sell their, their major to these young men and women to the best of their ability. And the way that you're doing it now is that, uh, well, for example, uh, even though, well, let, let me put it this way. It's a hard sell because uh, tuitions have risen uh, 1,200% since the 1970s, four times the rate of inflation. And so to keep the students in course, on in, in seats, they're doing a lot of things. For example, the eighth grade, is now the most common grade given in college. And over the last few decades, there has been a 50% decline in the time a student spends in research and study hours. They're doing everything they can to keep mom and dad happy that their young man or their young woman is succeeding in college when in actuality they're not succeeding at anything at all. Right now, 49% of college students are abusing alcohol. There were 696,000 students were assaulted by another student who had been drinking. And sexual offenses have risen unbelievably. And cheating and plagiarism is now way out of control on campus. And, and even now, well, imagine your freshman son walking on the campus for the first time. Well, Bruce, hold that thought. We've, we've got a break. Hold, hold that thought, Bruce. Okay. Uh, We're going to come back, folks. The American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarland here. This is Bruce Goodmanson. 100% success without college. Just an idea to think about here, folks. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this brief break. Hi, folks. My name is Seth Udinsky. I'm the producer for Financial Issues with Dan Celia. As Dan recovers in the hospital, the team at FISM would like to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting for Dan's healing. And folks, this idea of prayer and fasting can sometimes be a little bit of a scary thing for Christians, especially the whole concept of fasting. Obviously, you could certainly fast from food, but you can also fast in other ways as well. You know, the purpose of fasting is really for us to orient our hearts around God and to focus on the fact that we need him. This Wednesday, March the 23rd, we will be praying for healing over Dan's body. And on Thursday, March the 24th, we will be praying specifically for the doctors and nurses caring for Dan. On Friday, March the 25th, we will pray for comfort for Dan's family. Join us, folks, as we pray and fast for Dan. And for more information about Dan's road to recovery and how you can pray specifically for him, go to FISM.TV forward slash pray and fast. You've got Christians who love Jesus and they have kids and they're just like, I just don't know what my calling is. Right. Will and Mickey Addison. 
what is it and that Jesus wants me to do? I feel man. like I'm a teacher. And that's I feel wh- like that's I'm a why, great. <laughs> that's why when you go to the scripture and talk about yeah. equipping the saints for work of ministry, you should look inside first. It can exactly. be right, you know, at your address. Marriage, family, and the church. That's the focus of Airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? 20 militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800 yes word or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. You know, uh, if you've listened to me long at all, you've heard me reference something that came out 60 years ago called Great Books of the Western World. Now, folks, think about this. As uh, Bruce Goodmanson talks about the lack of achievement, 50% uh, decrease in time spent in research, some 60 years ago, one of my heroes in thought— uh, American history of the 20th century was a man named Mortimer Adler. He was the editor of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mortimer Adler and a number of other American leaders, even in the late 50s, they were questioning the value of an American education. Now, it was interesting. Their, their main concern was the rise of communism, Cold War, right? Uh, later, through the research, Adler became a Christian, but they created this set called Great Books of the Western World. Now, I have taught the great books at the master's level, and nowadays master's students have a tough time navigating you know, everything from Shakespeare to Augustine. But what they did, now, now follow this, and then I'll return to our guest. The Great Books of the Western World program was designed to give a liberal arts education to those who had not been to college. Now, I, liberal arts does not mean liberalism, but it really means, you know, um, English, math, history, science, uh, critical thinking skills. In other words, what we used to mean by truly becoming a learned person, right? Now, the great books, they said in the introduction, their collation of these works was designed to try to preserve democracy, our representative Judeo-Christian Republic. It's interesting, a lot of people on the research committee, when they were searching out 
Augustine and Aquinas and Dante and Shakespeare and uh, Thomas Paine, they, they ended up becoming Christians as the founders of the country were. But here is the point, uh, and with that I bring back Bruce uh, Goodmanson. Where did they market the great books? This set of books designed to educate average Americans uh, who couldn't have gone to college, this set of books which college students and even master's students today find too hard to read, where did they sell it? On the back cover of Mechanics Illustrated, on the back cover of Reader's Digest, on the back cover of blue-collar magazines. And it's amazing. Uh, Bruce, my, my point in sharing this is we've got more people in college than ever, more people going for four years to institutions, and yet the literacy rates have dropped so precipitously that what 60 years ago a high school-educated man or woman could read, now students in master's programs say it's, quote, too difficult. The literacy level ha has dropped, and so we're going to continue our education. We're, we're just asking the question, uh, listen, folks, is education necessary? Absolutely. But is American college necessary? Uh, not, not so sure about that. Uh, welcome back. And, hey, I've got to ask you, Bruce, where can people find your book? They can find it at anythingbutcollege.com. Anythingbutcollege.com. Wow. Anything but college. Um, you know, uh, one Christian leader a couple of years ago uh, was talking to Ben Shapiro. I interviewed Ben Shapiro in, I think, 2005 or six. But Ben Shapiro said to me when I interviewed him on Focus on the Family Radio many years ago, but he's repeated this, that college is a four-year attack on America and God. Uh, Bruce, do you agree with that? Absolutely, Alex. I've been, <clears throat> matter of fact, you were talking about the great books and everything else and how even back in the 50s we were seeing signs of of uh, the destruction of our education system, two points. One is the Nation Report card just came out, and it declared, it declared that 71%, 71% of our nation's high school graduates were not proficient in reading, writing, math, science, and U.S. history. In fact, of all the nations of the world, our students are now ranked 26th worldwide. China students, on the other hand, are ranked number one, and yet they spend half as much on their children's education than we do on ours. And on that note, too, in 1983, there was a report that came out called The Nation at Risk, and their findings were, quote, if an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre, the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might well have viewed it as an act of war. That, Alex, was back in 1983. 1983. So what I'm trying to tell parents is, look, college really is of no value to 85% of our nation's workforce, so where do you go? If you keep your young adults out of college, now what? Well, this is what the purpose of my book is all about, 100% success without college. 
it gives you the now what. Uh, a while back ago, I said that the typical university offers only 85 careers to choose from. Yet there are thousands upon thousands of wonderful careers. And so I go into that whole arena. And so I go into sales, entrepreneuring, trade schools, apprenticeships. Oh, my goodness, Alex, apprenticeships. It's the perfect opportunity to gain a skill. In apprenticeships, you're in school, you're working, and at the same time, you are getting paid. And there are blue and white apprenticeships. You could be working in banks and learning how to do um, social media advertising. All of these opportunities are out there. And they're, they're everywhere except parents don't know about them because the high school guidance counselor was trained to put the fear of death into the parent's heart and into the student's heart that if they didn't go to college, they will not succeed at the American dream. And I'm here to tell parents out there that it is a lie. There are so many wonderful and fruitful careers out there. And what I mean by fruitful is that there are high paid. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and they're, they're spiritually satisfied. Your kids, if they go to a trade school, they're not going to be indoctrinated into hating our America, into hating our country. They're not going to be indoctrinated of hating their faith. They're just going to learn a skill because these these mm-hmm. teachers are blue collar, white collar, strong individuals who love this country, and that's what they're going to focus on. If you're getting into diesel mechanics, you're going to learn how to repair a, a, a diesel engine. Now, and, and let me just say this, let, let me just say this, uh, folks, um, that there has been what we call liberal arts education, uh, and then there have been trades, and th- th- learning a trade is a wonderful thing, but for the Christian, uh, attending to the life of the mind, being a lifelong learner, and growing and learning, uh, just to... Uh, make money, quote unquote. That the Christian is called something more than that, and so uh, in no way are we advocating not to read, not to study. And Bruce, I know that though there are some professions, the law and po- law and medicine. I mean, if you, if you want to become a, a doctor or a nurse, um, or go into certain branches of the sciences, um, if you want to become an attorney. I mean, there are certain fields where you you absolutely have to go to traditional schools. Alex, let me interrupt you on that just for a bit, if if you don't mind. For example, just a couple of days ago at Yale University, there was to be a debate by a Christian uh, conservative and a liberal at at the Harvard Law School. uh, I'm sorry, the Yale Law School. And New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. And before the, the debate started, the 120 lawsuits literally yelled, protest, scream, uh, shut down the whole debate. And the monitor of the debate, she came on a couple of days afterwards, and she literally said, this is at Yale, she says, I'm afraid for the law profession, because we now have kids who are coming out who are more wanting to be woke and have no love really for the law. They would rather uh, use their own personal opinion, their woke opinion, than the law opinion. 
And if you become a doctor, just watch, watch what happened to the doctors this last two years. Their ability to, to serve their patients by their understanding were completely in jeopardy of, of, uh, because they weren't of allowed wokeness. to... Uh, of wokeness. Well, also because uh, they were pressured not to do certain treatments. They were pressured not to say certain things. They weren't allowed to speak their mind. They weren't allowed to follow the, the, their skills. So it's a double-edged sword nowadays. You go into law and look what's going to happen to your students. They're not going to learn how to, te- to, to enact the law professionally. If they go into uh, medicine, you've got the government now on their back. So it's really a very, very precarious situation we're now in when even if you're getting into the professional, if you get into uh, computer science, for example, oh my goodness, the uh, National Chamber of Commerce is doing everything that they can to get H-1B visas passed so that we can get all of the students who are in India who are learning absolutely wonderfully. They know, those students know what it's like to live in abject poverty. And so when they get into these these universities, they learn these skills, and then they're hired here in the United States for three or four years to take our jobs from our young adults because instead of paying a computer uh, engineer maybe 80000 a year, these, these students from India are now being paid 40000 a year. Yeah. So let, let every me which this. way you go... Uh, I'm sorry. Bruce, and, and, and forgive me for interrupting, but in the interest of time, I want to throw a couple of things out here. Mom and Dad, I want you to at least consider, now there are some great uh, Christian schools, but uh, I, you know I've been very impressed with what I'm seeing out of Hillsdale College, and I know they're doing a lot of courses online to help, I mean, courses like on C.S. Lewis and the Western world. Uh, I'm profoundly impressed by Karis, C-H-A-R-I-S, in Colorado, which really have fi- five majors. Um, and it's it's a three-year program. It's it's not like traditional college, but let me say, their, their business, their, their missions, their computer and AV and uh, video arts program, I, I lead in the School of Practical Government, uh, Biblical Worldview, and some of their graduates are already getting elected to office. But Karis is thoroughly, thoroughly biblical, and their students are world-class. Many, Some of their students have previous college, and it's almost like they come to Karis to unlearn what, <laughs> what they were programmed with at a state school. But there are what, what are sometimes called gap year programs after high school, but before entering the workforce. But one last question, Bruce. Um, suddenly, with the Biden administration saying, okay, free college tuition and forgive college debt, um, do you think the progressive left's scrambling to make college free, quote-unquote, uh, which is about what it's worth uh, at many a state school, but is is there rush to try to make it free because they realize the light bulb is coming on, the consumer, i.e. parents and students, are realizing that the product is is essentially worthless. So to keep masses of Americans as compliant voting socialist worker bees, 
they're just going to make universities free, and it's just kind of this de rigor. You graduate high school, you walk through a college for three to four years, and then you go out there and you're forever beholden to the government that spoon-fed you socialized education. I mean, is that their their business model? Well, that and to basically indoctrinate the young man or young woman. It's all about uh, trying to change their minds to, if, if, if they can confuse people enough, they then become more and more dependent upon the government. And so this is basically the art of confusion in our nation's colleges today. I mean, just just yesterday, the young lady who's being interviewed for the Supreme Court position, when she asked, what is the definition of a woman? She says, well, I can't tell you because I'm not a biologist. This is a person who is going for the highest position in the court, and she can't define the definition of a woman. This is what our universities are doing, and so this is why I'm trying to say to parents, look, there are glorious, wonderful opportunities out there outside the college arena, and you just don't know about them. And so the book that I've created, at 100% Success Without College, is there to support you, to find all these avenues outside of college that will keep your, your, your children's faith intact and give them skills so they can support their church and their family. This is what it's all about. Wow. You know, uh, one of the preeminent Christian leaders of the 20th century said two decades ago, and this is 20 years ago, but he said college is four years and $100,000 to discover that you can't know anything. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> truth can be known. Hey, uh, Bruce Goodmanson, uh, tell us again your website where people can find this excellent book, 100% Success Without College. Where can they find that? Thank you, Alex. Oh, anythingbutcollege.com. Again, anythingbutcollege.com. God bless you. Thanks for listening, folks. We're going to come back. We're going to keep talking about God and country. We're going to talk about business. So this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland, so honored that you're listening. My website, by the way, alexmcfarland.com. I'm on the road speaking this week, tomorrow night, and this weekend. So we'll talk about that as well. Stay tuned. AFR is back after this. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for standing with us in His image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Let's see, if something costs less 
but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Hi folks, my name is Seth Udinsky. I'm the producer for Financial Issues with Dan Celia. As Dan recovers in the hospital, the team at FISM would like to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting for Dan's healing. And folks, this idea of prayer and fasting can sometimes be a little bit of a scary thing for Christians, especially the whole concept of fasting. Obviously, you could certainly fast from food, but you can also fast in other ways as well. You know, the purpose of fasting is really for us to orient our hearts around God and to focus on the fact that we need him. This Wednesday, March the 23rd, we will be praying for healing over Dan's body. And on Thursday, March the 24th, we will be praying specifically for the doctors and nurses caring for Dan. On Friday, March the 25th, we will pray for comfort for Dan's family. Join us, folks, as we pray and fast for Dan. And for more information about Dan's road to recovery and how you can pray specifically for him, go to FISM.tv forward slash pray and fast. You know, the Bible has so much to say about vocation, and in a moment we've got a very special guest that we're going to talk about work and business and vocation. I do want to remind everybody about a couple of things. Uh, Tomorrow night I'm going to be speaking, what a great honor, in Wilmington, North Carolina, the Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center uh, open house and banquet. I'm going to be there tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, If you're in the Wilmington area, I would love to meet you. Then Friday night, Swift Creek Presbyterian Church. This is in the Richmond area, Richmond, Virginia. It's called the Men's Alliance Tribe. I'm going to be doing two sessions plus a Q&A, uh, Core Truth for an Uncheckable Faith. It's a night of biblical worldview this Friday night, March 25th, in the Richmond area. And again, all details are on my website, alexmcfarland.com. But hey, here's something coming up, March 30th through April 3rd. So this is like next Wednesday, March 30th through April 3rd, First Presbyterian Church of San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo, that is. Uh, this is right near San Antonio. And oh, I love to go to Texas. I always love Texas. But uh, you can Google the website of First Presbyterian San Angelo, Texas, and I'm going to be speaking at the church. We'll be doing an event at Angelo State University, speaking at the college, uh, preaching at the church. It's a great honor to do that. I talked yesterday with Pastor Joel Moore and uh, their staff. I'm so honored to be going there. But again, you can find my travel schedule, plus I'm on every day. Uh, 4 to 5 Eastern, 3 to 4 Central on American Family doing Exploring the Word, and so honored to be with you frequently in the mornings as well. Well, you know, we've been talking about 
talking about education and what we learn and what we prioritize, and uh, that in, invariably leads to a question of vocation. Well, Jeff Ahern is the president of Sozo Services, or maybe Sozo, if we're pronouncing it with Greek phonation, but he helps business owners and CEOs partner with God for success. You know, I think about people like R.G. Letourneau and the leader of uh, Lord and Taylor department stores who said that God was their business partner. Well, sometimes the world doesn't understand that, but Jeff Ahern is helping people understand the integration of God's principles with good business principles. So we're going to talk about kingdom business success for a moment. Jeff, thanks for holding and welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Good morning, Alex, and thank you for having me on. Well, it's a great honor. Um, just curious, where where uh, are you calling in from? Uh, I'm in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, my oh, wife wow. and I moved here last year. We were previously in the Washington, D.C. area. Well, you and I are in the ta- same time zone and same state. And uh, let me say, uh, I, I want to thank you for serving the Lord. I also want to thank you for serving our country as a naval officer and um, your work consulting with not only government clients, but Fortune 500 companies. So uh, you're an accomplished individual, and I, I commend you. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, what is I, I, uh, kingdom business? Go ahead. I was just going to thank you for all the work you've done you know, in the uh, apologetics arena. You know. I love your material. Well, we're excited about Jesus. <laughs> I'll say that. And I, I'm excited about seeing the principles of God's Word um, really unleashed in the lives of people. I, I think you and I are alike in that regard. It is thrilling, isn't it, Jeff, when we see God's truth and biblical principles really empower the lives of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my younger days, when I first became born again, I had a whole list of goals I wanted to do, and one of them was I wanted to have 15 businesses that I was going to run, 15 different businesses. I don't know why that number stuck in my mind, but years later, I never got the 15 businesses, but now I have more than 15 businesses that I'm helping them succeed, and I'm far happier than I would have been if God had given me what I wanted back before my uh, desires were you know, purified. Well, Jeff, what, what does it mean? And folks, uh, lean into your radio, because the next few minutes could radically, radically impact your life. What does it mean in one's life or one's vocation, Jeff, to partner with God? That's a great question. You know, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's one of the key things that, you know, if you abide in me and, and my words abide in you, you can ask anything it will be done for you. You know, in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, with some of my favorite, you know, chapters in the Bible, Jesus repeats his message over and over again, that if we, if we figure out how to abide in him and he in us, that the abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10, 10 would come to pass. And so if you study the book of John, you study 1 John, you'll see that the summation of how to abide is basically love, true agape love, not, not the world's love. And, and obedience to, to the will of God. And when we learn to do that, we abide in Him, and Jesus promised that not only would He come and abide with us, but the Holy Spirit and the Father would abide in us. And so now it really becomes a matter of learning how to do business with God, not for Him, no longer serving Him, but now doing whatever we do, whether we're cleaning house, digging ditches, 
doing software applications, whatever it might be that your, your calling is, doing it with him. And now all of a sudden, the grace of God, the favor of God, the wisdom of God, it all comes into what you're doing. And now you start seeing the fruitfulness that we've all been looking for. Well, the biggest problem a lot of business people have is that they got born again. Their businesses never became born again. They need to start learning how to do business the way Jesus would do it if he was running this company and also figure out what the Lord's trying to accomplish through their business. If people can figure out what God wants to accomplish through their business and get behind that, the rest of it all take care of itself. Yeah, that that is a great point. Um, Listen to this, folks. Um, In your business, of course, you know, everybody knows a business has to have a purpose and a mission statement. But even in your life, in your family, men, in your marriage, you know, ask the question, what is God trying to accomplish? Um, You know, uh, Jeff, I I heard the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky years ago. This quote is attributed to Wayne Gretzky. He said, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Um, But without a purpose, and and specifically God's purpose, uh, people, families, businesses, they can just drift. I mean, and the purpose, am I right, Jeff? It's got, for the Christian anyway, it's got to be more than merely making payroll or or exactly. staying in the black. Exactly. If, if the only reason you want to succeed is to make more money and, and therefore give more money to the gospel of the kingdom, where, first off, that's not a New Testament model. That, that's more of an Old Testament model at best, at best. Really, the New Testament model is that when we, we become born again, Acts 16, 30, uh, 32, we go all in, you know, we believe in the name of the Lord our God, you and your household should be saved, which is oikos, which is basically everything you have. It's going, it's all your business, your money, your debts, your health. You give it all to the Lord when you get born again, and in return, we get his divine nature. So now what happens is you, you don't have a business, that's the Lord's business, and you're just a steward of it. It's a stewardship model. The earth is the Lord and the fullness of, of what they're in. It's the, it's the earth, and we're just, we're just servants of it. So what is our purpose? Other than being the steward of everything he's doing, now what happens is God has something in mind for what you're doing. I don't, I don't care if you're a mother at home taking care of the children. I don't care if you're a school teacher. Whatever it is, God has something that he wants to do more than make you successful at what it is you, you think your career calling is. He wants to use that to his glory. He wants to use that in a way he'll advance his kingdom. You just need to learn to listen to him to figure out what do you want me to accomplish here other than being successful at what I'm doing through me, through what I'm doing. And you get behind that. Now you truly partner with God and you'll start to see the fruitfulness that Jesus promised. What, what types of services do you provide for, for business or, or boards? You know, I, I would imagine that your consulting would be good for uh, boards of, of churches or nonprofits, but uh, the work you do for businesses as well. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, we have uh, numerous business clients that we support, and they, in various regions, about manufacturing industry, technology, uh, construction industry. Um, it, it really doesn't matter what, what the thing is. In terms of what we do, um, we're sometimes called business intercessors. It's kind of a term I never really cared for because, to me, that's like calling a carpenter a nailer or a saw. You know, uh, nailing and sawing what carpenters do, but they do it for a bigger purpose. They're trying to build something. So with companies, our primary tool is intercessory prayer. No matter what their needs are, no matter what they're looking for, they need wisdom, they need direction. 
prayer is our, is our tool that we're using for that. But in the end, it's for a bigger purpose. We want to help them understand their identity, who, you know, who they are, what they're called to do, what their purpose is, as you said, you know, and then understand what God's trying to accomplish through their life. And then, then the business model, which basically means how do you do what you know you're supposed to do? And in my book, I give an example of three people, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the McDonald's Brothers, the most famous restaurant in the world, and uh, the third one. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Bill Gates, who all of yes. them, they, they were not quite successful until they, they learned how to make a shift and do, do things the way, the way God wanted to do it. And, and once they get behind that, now all of a sudden they went from being just mildly successful to being internationally famous. So a right. lot of times what, why businesses fail, it's not that not they're doing the, the wrong thing. They might be doing the right thing. They're just doing it the wrong way. And, so we, and you know, let me again, say this. Comes in uh, and I want you to comment on this. Um, the, the goal of, quote, not going out of business, that's not a vision, is it? No, it isn't. Because sometimes God wants you to fail. If God, I tell people this. If God blessed everything you put your hand to, how would he ever get you to stop doing what you want to do and start getting you to do what he wants you to do? In fact, so, you so, make the argument that because I'm, I'm blessed, you know, it, it must be God. Um, let me, and, and by the way, sozoservices.com, S-O-Z-O, Sozo, um, if my undergraduate Greek serves me, doesn't that mean like safety or safekeeping? Sozo. Yeah, it means saved, healed, delivered, made whole. Uh, it's kind of similar to shalom and peace. I mean, it's, yes. It's a package deal. So when Jesus saves you, he saves every aspect of you, not just your soul. So if you want to find Jeff Ahern, the president of Sozo Services, it's sozoservices.com. So for just a minute, let's talk about churches. Because, uh, and I've, I've consulted so, with so many churches. The majority of American churches are plateaued or declining. Some are not. And, you know, everybody knows the, the famous last words of the church, quote, but we've never done it this way before, end of quote. Uh, Jeff, what do you say about the church that has sort of metastasized into the vision, quote, let's do, let's not go out of business? Now, they don't change anything. They won't change anything. It's major conflict, if anything is attempted to improve or change, but let's just not go out of business. That's a sure way to ultimately die a slow death and go out of business, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things churches have been doing wrong, and, and I believe that's why it's declined and dying. But the thing that they do right is we have to be connected together. You know, we have to worship together corporately, um, which is different. I mean, we all need to worship individually, but we need to learn to corporate worship. And the idea, like a body, we can't we can't live life alone. We have to be connected together. And I also believe that in the power of uh, unity, that you know, if Christians truly are the majority in this country, we should be the ones that are setting these laws and, and dictating where things are going to go because people are afraid to offend us. But the problem is we're so divided that even the LGBT community, which represents three or four percent of the country, they have a more powerful lobbying vote than we do, simply because they're far more united than we are. 
Amen. So Preach that's it, one brother. of the great things of the church, to be that united people that, you know, really care about each other. We, we mentor each other. Mentoring is something we don't do. We, we disciple new converts, but we don't mentor people. We, we need to mentor people to bring them up, you know, teach them the things we've learned from the Lord so that our our uh, you know, ceilings become their floors or whether they're around with it. You know, they, so we, we want them to grow and go past whatever we did in our lives. We, we need to do that. It's, it's, it, the, the body can only be healthy when it's connected together. And that's part, you know, the church has got right uh, to yes. a certain extent. But, you know, we, we need so we can't we can't do away with the church. We can't throw it out. No, we uh, need the church. We do, we do need to fix it. We do need to fix it. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff Ahern of Sozo Services, Business is God's Way, Partnering with God for Success. Um, I, I hope you and I can visit again soon. Uh, we're about out of time right now, but again, give your website uh, as we have to wrap up. Sure, uh, just www.sozoservices.com. Hey, thanks very much, Jeff, and I want to say thanks for listening. Folks, I want to give you a little verse here to think about. We've talked about education. We've talked about Um, doing something with your life, with God and for God. There was a poem years ago, the things that haven't been done before, these are the things to try. Columbus dreamed of an unknown shore at the rim of a far-flung sky. His heart was bold and his faith was strong as he ventured to dangers new. He paid no heed to the jeering throng or the fears of a doubting crew. Now listen to this. It says, Are you one of the flock that follows the ones that leads the way? Dare you win or fail to strike out for a goal that's new? I am here to tell you, Psalm 37, 4, if you commit your way to the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, Philippians 4, 13, and he will supply your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening. Keep your radio and your app tuned to the American Family Radio Network. I'll see you at 4 o'clock Eastern on Exploring the Word. May God bless you. And may God bless America. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.